When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. It's Tim Gossage in the chair for Sammy. Continues to enjoy some well-earned time off. But we are on time on. Thanks for your company. What a weekend. What a 72 hours for the Australian cricket team. Now, I'm not going to delve all the way back in to the rights and the wrongs and the behaviours of Tim Payne. But I'm going to throw it open to you. And it's been a big topic of discussion on Talkback Radio, and in particular here on SEN And I'm going to open up the phones for you and we're going to talk about who is the best keeper in Australia and who should be at the Gabba for the first test. Now, it looks like we might just be blowing on hot air because Tim Payne, all things being equal, and if his fitness holds up, that he will be wearing the gloves. It is going to be an interesting time, there is no doubt, for Tim Payne, the Australian team. Pick me the keeper. Pick me the keeper. one 300 Give a call or text on the temper text machine. Temper a mattress like no other. 0433981116. I want the keeper. Now call one 300 If you're in your car, you're at home, you're at work. You're just chillaxing right now. And may I say, I want to know why you're picking your keeper. Now, I'm I'm trying to park the Tim Payne stuff for now because I think we're a little bit tired of it. And you can all have your opinion, and I'm not stopping you having your opinion on it. But does he hold his spot anyway, regardless of the captaincy? Forget about everything else. Who is the best keeper in the Australian team available now? Ian Healy spoke about Tim Payne, backing him to play, and also who he thought would be selected if Payne doesn't get picked. Here's a man who should know, Ian Healy. My answer is yes. I think yes, mm-hmm. um, but if it's the distraction he doesn't want, you know, and that's why he stood down from the captaincy, he wasn't told to stand down, and he's actually uh, implored by the coach to stay, but he didn't want to be a distraction. So he's going to be a distraction if he plays. So if he doesn't want that distraction, he shouldn't be playing either. He shouldn't make himself available. Uh, he certainly has made himself available. I'd probably look at, yeah... 
seeing how it goes, maybe. So it's that distraction versus the the crime. Mm. Um, the the crime is deemed to be okay. Um, he can play if he wants. If then it's yeah. his great mate George Bailey, the, now the selector. We've got stock. We've got stock of wicketkeepers, batsmen, and uh, are we going to use them? All right. Okay. If they don't pick him, who plays? Well, I think Payne. Uh, Payne. I think uh, Kerry. Kerry. Uh, I don't think he's done anything wrong not to get that job, and he's just young enough, 30. You, you know, having said that, my selection, my leapfrogging selection in 1988 would have been Josh Inglis. That's what I did. Uh, they threw me in over about five or six keepers, and, and that's probably the way you get a 10-year player. So I don't really care. Either, but I'd, Gary certainly deserves to have a go. But if if uh, George Bailey and his selectors say no, nah, we're going to go young and we're going to build the future, then it looks like Josh Inglis or Jimmy Pearson. But I'd say it's Josh Inglis that has absolutely jammed the door with his foot. There's Ian Healy with Paddy Welsh on SEN Queensland, of course. Payne should play according to Luke on the temper text, and he should keep. He's a reasonable keeper. He's good for morale. Really? He chirps and has a laugh. He's a good, decent bloke. Okay. You're throwing a bit in there, Luke. I think there's going to be a bit of pushback on a couple of those comments. Interesting enough, on the temper text machine, hi, got Sam Whiteman is the best keeper. Batsman and should play in the first test. Well, he did make a century against Tasmania, but uh, I think that ship... Sam Whiteman's ship may have sailed personally over there in WA. Let's go to our callers on request. Adrian in Roeville. He wants to talk about Australia's next keeper. Thanks for calling time on, Adrian. There we go, mate. Yeah, who do you think should be the keeper or do you think that uh, Tim Payne will hold the gloves and rightfully so or not? Oh, look, I think Tim probably doesn't hold his spot, to be honest. Um, he's batting, and I know he's a wicketkeeper first and then batting second, and Adam Gilchrist broke the brains of everyone when it came to picking wicketkeepers. <laughs> but Tim's glove work has deteriorated the last sort of two or three years. He's not keeping Nathan Lyon as well as he used to. Hands seem to have hardened up. He's not soft. He's missed a lot of stumpings, um, particularly over there. So uh, when I say over there, I mean like the subcontinent and places like that. I know we haven't travelled a lot in the last two years, but... Um, I just feel like Tim's club work isn't what it used to be. Um, and so the discussion becomes, do you pick the incumbent to be Alex Carey, who's done one heck of a long apprenticeship, or do we look for a bloke who's going to have 10 years of keeping in him? And I think that, again, we go back to the Gilchrist discussion because we've been looking for stopgaps until we find this next young gun keeper, Brad Haddon and Matthew Wade and the blokes who have had you know four or five years at the gig. Um, where Gilly had 11, I think it was, or something like that. And we're looking for the next bloke to stand up and, and have a long term as the number seven in the Australian wicketkeeper. Uh, we all thought it was going to be Jake Doran. I don't know if you remember a little while back, but Jake yep. Doran from Tassie, was a, he was a superstar 16-year-old. He was going to light the world on fire and he's disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, I think Kerry is a serviceable gloveman. I don't think he's a brilliant gloveman, but in saying that, Apart from Nathan Lyon, I mean, who's going to be the next spinner? That's what we've got to look at what we're doing next. You pick, to me, Ian Healy was a great choice because he was keeping the shame warm and you needed someone who could keep to a bloke who was an absolute magician. Um, so are we going to look at putting in someone like Lloyd Pope or is Mitch Swepshin uh, ever going to get his go at test cricket? Um, or is, is this going to be just a bloke who has to keep the Nathan Lyon bowling top spinners and very small spinning off spinners for a little bit? Um, 
if it's, I suppose, you want to pick the keeper for the job. Um, and you need to know if your next set of bowlers is going to be, you know, someone like a Pope who's going to throw in big wrongings every now and then, and, and you need a keeper who can react accordingly. And I think if that's going to be the go, um, English is probably the right bloke to bring through with him. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a hard call. It's a real hard call. Um, Payne's done a great job for our country. Well, this has all been smouldering in the background. So I think it needs to change. I think now is the time to change the Australian conditions, give a keeper five tests in conditions that they're going to know and let them break into the side the way Gilchrist got the opportunity to. Um, and I think that the answer is probably Joshy Inglis, to be honest. Um, but in saying that, Jimmy Pearson could very well go down the way to second pass if he's not given his opportunity now. So... Lots of good young keepers around the country. We've got a spoiler riches, even though domestic cricket's not as strong as it used to be. So I don't think we can make a bad choice, but I think making the right one's going to depend a lot on what we look at doing with our spinning options past um, Nathan Lyon's career ending, who's going to be the best keeper to uh, keep to the next young spinner that gets the gig. Good call, Adrian. You covered a lot of territory there. You went from wicket keepers to spinners to long-term to short-term to who's best available. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your call, Adrian from Roeville. Baz from Coburg. You're, uh, are you in the Matthew Wade camp, Baz? Look, I, I reckon I am. G'day, fellas. I hope you're well. I, um, I'm definitely in the Matthew Wade camp because if you take a look at the series that's coming up with the Ashes, it's a must-win for us. And, and I think Wadey has done enough, proven that in, uh, in crunch games, in crisis games, he can actually step up. So we know what he's capable of. And I think he's done enough time and been that, that uh, backbone of the Aussie side even if it is a 2020 or one day, but he's uh, he deserves a shot. And if we're talking about smashing the palms, winning the series, put Wadey in because you know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, he has stepped down from Test cricket to to stay in the white ball code. Um, Okay, and I appreciate it, Baz. Good on you. So Baz goes for Wade. Uh, I think it's a step back in time for Wade. You've got to go young now. Here's your opportunity to go Inglis for me. I think Inglis or Carey. Carey's still a very good keeper. I know Gilly's very much in the Alex Carey camp. Uh, I made a comment six months ago that I thought Carey was was going to be our next captain, uh, where he'll come in for pain as captain. But he seems to have just gone off the boil. And I'm not exactly sure why. I'm not saying that I don't think he's a good enough keeper. But what's happened to Alex Carey that he's not a fait accompli selection? I think we could have... To, to be honest, everyone thought Alex Carey would come in for Tim Wade post, just post-haste, bang, straight in. So why is there a debate? Is Carey off the boil completely that he's now no longer the walk-up second man? And if he is... And he's capable of captaining. There's no doubt about that. I know Test cricket is a step up, but it was a step up for Tim Payne, who was working for a kookaburra factory at the time that he got appointed. Wasn't even getting a game for Tasmania. I think going back to Wade, albeit he's done some wonderful things in the short form, I think his best days are behind him. I think it would be a backward step. Do you agree or disagree? Martin's in Glebe listening in uh, up there in New South Wales, I'm sure. Uh, he believes we should move on from Tim Payne. G'day, Martin. G'day. Look, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, look, um... I wouldn't put Payne in. That's uh, encouraging everyone to do what Payne um, shouldn't have done. Um, he needs to be... Um, there's too many people uh, eligible to uh, play uh, for Australia. Um, we've got a, the highest domestic competition in the world and um, uh, we've got to let Wade have another go. He's the best. Look what he's done in the World Cup. He's capable of uh, batting for a long period of time and... Um, you know, Kerry as well. Put Wade in, let the dust settle. 
groom someone else, put Kerry in for a few years. Um, we shouldn't even be thinking about pain at all. All right, there you go. Good call. Martin says we just move on. It's not a debate to be had. Should be no spot for Tim Payne. The temper text machine going absolutely gangbusters. I can tell you that today also, when we talk about the Australian first test team, Jai Richardson, who made 43 with the bat of uh, as many balls for WA in a shield game, also took the only two wickets for WA against Tasmania. Uh, looks like it's a uh, uh, it's down at Blundstone. Looks like it's a... Uh, Pretty tame deck down there. Two for 210. But Jai Richardson's bowling uh, figures are good enough to suggest that he's still in very good form after his performance up there in Queensland. He bowled 19 overs, two for 36. That's pretty good going for Jai Richardson. But let's stay on the topic. And the topic is Tim Payne or no Tim Payne. And I want an alternative and I want a reason why. That's the important part. We can put everyone's name up we like. We do have an abundance of keepers who could clearly do the job because we are not talking about an Adam Gilchrist replacement, are we? We're not talking. I mean, we've had a couple of plays. Peter Neville had a crack at it, Hanscom, uh, Wade. I mean, you've got Gilchrist and then you've got the gap. So I don't think we've got that same problem. I mean... He's Tim Payne, albeit he's done a wonderful job in his role as captain on field. He's not the greatest gloveman, probably not great tactically, but came in at a very difficult time for Australian cricket. And now we know under the covers, so to speak, there's all of this. But Tim Payne is replaced as captain. That's a different story. But he he's not an absolute a-grade Gloveman. So, therefore, I don't think you can go too far wrong, whoever you pick. But what you are doing is you might be picking a keeper batsman who is uh, basically got a, uh, a future long-term and can make some big runs. Uh, Wade is injured. Yes, and still can't play regardless. Correct. Uh, is injured. And by the same, thanks, Toby. But uh, has also stepped down from uh, the Test Cricket Arena, I was led to believe. Um Jeff from Safety Beach said, I forgot about Wade. It's a no-brainer. I don't think so. I'd be gobsmacked if they went back down that line as well. A little push for Sam Harper, Josh Phillippe. Um, uh, On the temper text machine, I'd go for Alex Carey. He's waited long enough. He's a gun batsman. Bring back Gilly, says Mick from Fraser Rise. Well, I went past Gilly's house. I'm pretty sure he's in the backyard just softening up the gloves. Matt, the bus driver, I'd go for Wade. There's going to be a lot of heat on the opposition in that position this series. So go to a Wade uh, for this series just to put it out the fire, then go to someone else. Yeah, but it's an Ashes. It's an Ashes. I think we've got to pick the best available. I don't think this is a trial at all. This is uh, come in and say to the kid, whoever it is, this could be yours, long haul. And I think the next keeper has to be long haul. It's got to be a five-year gig. It's got to be carry for five years, all things, of course, regardless of uh, hopefully they make runs or you go and you say to Jimmy Pearson, or you say you go to um, Josh Inglis, you've got the gig. You've got the gig. You know, there's a lot of people. Tim Payne's an absolute star of a glove, gloveman, Ben says. Star of a gloveman. You are completely underrating his glove work. Darren Berry does say that Tim Payne is the best keeper in Australia. I'm not going to argue with Chuck. I'm not going to argue with Chuck. Give us a call, 1-300-736-736. This is time on. I want your calls. I want your opinion. Um, 
Luke from Collingwood says, sorry to suggest that Payne isn't an A-grade gloveman or isn't the best uh, with the gloves in the land is actually factually incorrect. Okay. So, so Luke, you put me back in our spot, my spot, by telling me that he, you disagree with my comment that I don't think he's an A-grade gloveman. Well, I don't think he is. I think he's a serviceable gloveman and he's done a terrific job. But I don't think he's an A-grader. I think there's A-graders and there's A-graders. I don't think Tim Payne's an A-grader. That's just my opinion. And that's not being harsh on him. That's, a, that's an, an observer from a, a weekend hack that watches a fair bit of cricket. And I don't think he's the smoothest, most reliable keeper. And to be brutally honest with you, he's not keeping to Shane Warne. He's keeping to Nathan Lyon, who is exactly, not exactly the greatest tweaker of the ball. He's got plenty of wickets and been a wonderful servant. But he's not exactly turning it on a dime. So I'm not too sure that you know, you know, Tim Payne has had that great difficulty in keeping to a spinner. I mean, he doesn't have Shane Warne or uh, Rashid Khan bowling to him. Anyway, let us know what you think. Love the calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We might take one more call and then we'll line up the rest of the callers. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. So we're parking the Tim Payne issue and we're just getting back to the selector's table. Tony's in Craigieburn. Tony, you would like to have your say on the Tim Payne situation. To keep or not to keep? That is the question. Mate, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be left to field here. I think he should be captain still as well because this happened three years ago. It was dealt with. Um, because he was going to come out in the media from some, some way. God knows it. That's, but that's not his fault. He, he, he's already been um, in trouble with Cricket Australia for this. Why is he getting done for it again? And... Um, I personally think he should still be captain as well as being the keeper. Well, he chose to stand down. He doesn't think it's uh, his behaviour is befitting of that of the Australian captaincy. And and I think I, – I, thank you, Tony. Thank you for your, your call. Um, I'm not exactly sure, and I'll stand corrected on this, I'm not exactly sure the inquiry by Cricket Australia was as in-depth and as um, uh, comprehensive as it should have been. Uh, I think that's been quite well documented. Hey, Dale's in Tassie. Dale, we'll put you. We'll, come, we'll take a break. Got to get a break away. People are lining up. I love it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. This is time on Tim Gossage for Sammy Hargraves. Get to it. Want to hear from you or on the Temper text machine? Temper a mattress like no other. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Up and then text in Rowan. It's not cool because you get found out. Trust me, I know. Hey, Dale's in Tassie, Tim Payne country. He'd like to have his say. Dale, thank you for calling and thank you for your patience. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good. How are you going in Tassie today? How, how's this news been received down in Tasmania? Uh, a bit mixed. Yeah, a bit mixed. I mean, I, I, look, I know a couple of mates who are mates with Tim Payne, and um, it's quite sad, to be honest, when you think about the whole situation. But it's not only what he's done, but, it, you know, we've also got to think of his family as well, So, uh, which is very sad. So, uh, But, look, at the end of the day, it is what it is, and... You've got to roll the punches as you do, and um, yeah, but anyway. Um, I guess what I was ringing for is the captaincy. Um, mm. Every day I change my mind. I'm Smith one day, Cummins the next, and uh, it's actually a really, really difficult one because I guess sometimes you can just go with what you know in Steve Smith, and he wasn't a poor captain. I mean, he, they had some behavioural issues that I don't think were all his fault. I mean, he, was, uh, he had some other people in the side that probably uh, helped uh, lead that bit, but um, do we go to what we know, or do we go with Pat Cummins and say, look, we're going to get another four or five years out of this bloke? Um, is he the leader that everyone's talking about? 
I think the only concern with Pat Cummins, can he play every game? Because he can't just rest for one or two tests a series. Yeah. Or yeah. even the ODIs. That's the concern you have. Yeah, it's a good call. Yeah, hundred percent, Dale. That's the that's the element that I worry about. I mean, you know, as much as he's bowling now and he looks like he's fit, but he has got form in the fitness stakes before. I agree with you, Dale. What I do think, and soon as this Tim Payne issue came up and everyone started to, oh well, it might be time to go back to Smith. You can't go from one controversial dismissal of a captain and go back to the previous dismissal of a captain in probably far greater circumstances, to be brutally honest with you. Far more controversial. You couldn't go back to Smith. In fact, I think this absolutely categorically rules a line through Smith. If you're going to start, and whether it's Cricket Australia and the culture of the board and the refreshment of the board and the team and, and Justin Langer's future and what's going forward, you cannot possibly go back to Steve Smith. Dale from Tassie, thank you for your call. So Michael says, regardless, Tim Payne is the is in the test team based on form. What form? He hasn't done anything. He hasn't, he hasn't picked up a bat in anger. Playing a big grade cricket, I think. Unless he loses form, he is the incumbent keeper, as he wasn't picked as captain first, as Australia don't do that like England. Unless the selectors think someone based on form deserves the position, then Payne is still the Australian keeper. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be the keeper in Queensland. But the question is, we're all having a bit of a debate on this and we're all having an opinion and that's what we're doing the, this evening. We're opening it up to you and, you know, I don't, you know, you can take it wherever you want. And I'm happy to take your call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 For me, Inglis. That's it. If Payne ain't the keeper... He's not fit. I, I I firmly believe Alex Kerry. If Tim Payne can come out of a Kookaburra factory and captain Australia, and he wasn't even in his Shield team, then Alex Kerry could do the same. Alex Kerry could do the same. Come out of Shield, he, at least he's playing cricket at a Shield level, which Tim Payne virtually wasn't. And Kerry can captain. There's absolutely no doubt. He's more than an accomplished keeper. His batting form is not absolutely on top of its tree, but let's just say that probably batting is the third element. Keeping, captains, or captain, keeping, and then batting. Anyway, time for a change. Um, sausage, you can't play a backs against the wall. Captain's not when your captain is a bowler. Cummins is a no-go for me. There you go. I like it. Every cricketer is judged by stats. That's how the sport works. Well, if that be the case, then he just is a walk-up starter, Tim Payne. It's over. We may we might as well not have the debate. Hey, don't forget, just after 7 o'clock, William Pike's going to join us. Ben, oh, Ben's chimed in and Ben reckons that Kerry's not an A-grade keeper. Exactly. I mean, it was Gilchrist and the rest, wasn't it, really, when you have a look at that. I mean, it's been a pretty shoddy group, to be honest, since. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Although I am a Tim Payne. I am a Tim Payne fan. I am I am a Tim Payne fan. I think he's been very good as a captain at a very difficult time. We had this discussion late last week, didn't we, about Tim Payne, and then we left the studio and the whole world had collapsed. Uh, 0433981116. Cummins will have much uh, much workload. There has not been a fast bowler captain for over 50 years. Yeah, but so what? I, I don't subscribe to that theory. You, know, you bowl, what do you bowl, 17, 18 overs? You set your field, you, you go and get... Smith to back you up, standing at mid-off or someone else. You know, you just get someone else to 
help guide you through it, you toss the coin. You toss the coin. You you take take in what the coaching staff want you to do. You take that out on the ground. You look at tempos. You look at situations. Anyway, one three hundred seven three six seven three six or temper text us zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'll get a breakaway. We'll come back. And we'll hear from Crash Craddock. Robert Craddock spoke on Waitley this morning about this issue and a whole lot more. If you missed it on Waitley or you miss any interview on Waitley, sen.com.au, download the podcast, subscribe to us, mate, leave a comment, do whatever you want. And after 7 o'clock, William Pike. Okay, you've got James McDonald. He's there. You've probably got Ollie. He's about there. And then you've got William Pike. Well, he's up there. He'll join us, the Wizard of the West, after 7 o'clock, after five winners and his fourth straight Group 1 Railway Stakes. Is he the best? Oh, yes, he is. This is time on. Tim Gossage in the chair for Sammy. one three hundred seven three six seven three six or temper text away. Temper a mattress like no other. Zero four double three ninety eight. 11.16. Keep your texts, keep your calls coming. We'll get them to the air we, uh, uh, as much as we can and as quick as we can. Just a reminder, after 7 o'clock, the Wizard from the West, there's two of us, William Pike will join us fresh from five winners of Fourth Railway Stakes. And he is, he, well, you reckon Mark McGowan's popular. You ain't seen nothing till you see what goes on with William Pike. Robert Crash Craddock cricket writer extraordinaire was a guest on Waitley this morning and Jared asked Crash uh, what his first thoughts all were when he heard the news that Tim Payne was stepping down as captain of the Australian cricket team after all of the fallout uh, what's taken place some four years ago. Here's Crash Craddock on Waitley. What, what did you feel first up on Friday when, when you realised what was transpiring? Oh, well, look, I'll be honest with you. There were whispers around about this story a couple of years ago, Jared. but there's whispers around about a lot of stories. And, you know, sometimes two out of ten rumours are true. So, but there was a, a feeling in the... Uh, we, we did hear uh, further whispers last week that this story may come to light. So it wasn't a complete shock. However, when it went up on the websites around the country, there's that cataclysmic moment where you sort of your heart sinks and your stomach falls a bit and you realise that it's there. It's, a, it's an earthquake. I mean, there's nothing more dramatic than that on a sleepy Friday afternoon, is it? The Australian test captain resigning in such uh, humbling circumstances. So, yeah, it, it's, I, it was interesting the range of callers, the uh, text that you just had from three different points of view. Everyone's got a different point of view. The facts are cloudy. It is possible to have five or six different points of view on this one. What's yours? Have you? So it is complex, and I find there are contradictions everywhere. Have you got a clarity of thought around it? Uh, on, on, on several of the issues, I would say this in the big moments, Cricket Australia never really handles them well. I often feel there's a lack of a single strong voice steering the ship. Everyone, and I understand this went right back to the meeting where they, the Cricket Australia board meeting, where they had a female lawyer tell them all about sexting and how it's prevalent in modern society and all this and everyone just looked at everyone else and but you know I compare it to say rugby league where Peter Volandis runs such a follow me boys or follow me everyone sort of show at least you know where you're heading whereas cricket you know it heads off in a 12 different directions every time there's a crisis and that's what's happened here I didn't like Richard Freudenstein and, and sort of saying oh it would be handled differently well you know there was two people currently on the board that were on the board when no action was taken. So, 
you can't talk about an event as if it happened in 1951 where no one was alive or, you know, it sort of had that overtone to it too, didn't it? You know, so they could have taken action if they could, if they wanted to. So that's why I think it's very hard to sort of say, oh, it would be handled differently today. Captains leaving the position crash, so they graphically come to mind. Kim Hughes, on-field results, Steve Smith, a cheating scandal, Tim Payne, it's not even a sex scandal. Whatever this is, it's not even a, a sex scandal, but it is the most humiliating of all. It is just the manner in which he leaves the position, just how how scarring is that? Oh, huge, because it's the antithesis of everything he was as a player. Like, even in the darkest moments for Australian cricket, he still had a rather jaunty, cheeky presence about him. Um, I ghosted his column in the first year after Sandpaper Gate during the Indian series. And, Jared, the in, we, were, we were doing Cricket 360 then, and the entire Australian team was in crisis. Coaches were fighting with each other, and the one cool head in the whole place was pain. And, you know, that was his image, the kid uh, who, who went the left-field route to the Australian captaincy. He wasn't overawed by the position because he never coveted it. He came out of the blue, but he handled it with a swagger. And suddenly, all of that is gone now, isn't it? You know, the swagger, the cheekiness, the, you know, the quips and all that. So it, it's enormously humbling for him. And, um, you know, I always maintain he was a better player than people thought he was. Uh, over the stumps, I thought he was as good as Ian Healy, which is, he was the benchmark for keeping over the stumps. A batting average of 32 is better than just about all, or comparable to just about every English player touring Australia this summer, but Joe Root. So... A fine player, but, uh, you know, he, he, he stuffed up here. As you said earlier, Australia rolled the dice that it would never get out. And the one sentence they could never say, they know they can never say this sentence, but it does sum it up, they, they, they could say, we, we took a chance, but once it gets out, it's a completely different narrative. And we had to take action and we had to change our course and we had to distance ourselves from the past once it became public. They could never actually say those words, but that just sums up the whole thing. Yes, so wretchedly inconvenient at the time. They choose a course of action and that's clouded further today by the Herald Sun reporting around another Cricket Tasmania employee who it looks like has, has, has embroiled himself in the same circumstances and been removed from his job. And then it, it's almost mind-blowing that, that it would be Tim Payne's brother-in-law. Uh, that, mm. that doesn't go well for the circumstances of the time, I don't think. No, no, it doesn't. And, and you know, you look back on it, Jared, and, and it, it, it was a complex uh, situation because... They struggled to work out and are still struggling to work out whether there was any sort of harassment involved or it was actually mutually consenting. Um, it was investigated by the Integrity Commission and they found no course of action would be taken. That's why I was sort of really surprised to hear them say, oh, we go a different way this time. Hang on, when does the board ever overrule an integrity unit? That's what the integrity unit's there for. They're supposed to be independent. So I'm not sure that they would find a different... Well, you know... <laughs> That's what integrity units are there for. So it's interesting. It, it really is. And uh, But I do know this. The, uh, the scars are deep and very long-lasting. The Office of Australian Captain Crash. So you've got more experience in this than me. So I was thinking back. I was at the press conference 
where Shane Warne had to uh, step down as vice captain is he had embarrassed the organisation enough. He wasn't doing uh, much wrong. He was a single man at the time and his trysts in England were far too public. He he ended up entrapped by one of the papers in sort of a scantily clad romp, which ended up in the front pages of that paper. Uh, and Cricket Australia had had enough. I remember... Remember when Michael Clark was about to become Australian captain and the photo of uh, Lara Bingle from Brendan Favola? Just think about the personalities tied into that. It, it delayed the selection of an Australian team and it led to a straight-faced conversation around what was the expectations of the partner of the Australian captain. So the standards of the office are really interesting as they have been historically, as they're interpreted and as they're applied. Yeah, and very intimidating. I think, you know, um, we all agree that Tim Payne made a major error. But I think going forward, what I'm finding is people don't covet the office of Australian captain like they used to. Um, It was once the most desired position in Australian sport. But I think it's so scrutinised these days with social media and everything that it's some guys just don't want to put their head above the parapet. I'm not sure that I would too, Jared. You know, do, do you know what I'm getting at? It used to be every kid grew up with a dream of being Australian captain. It was, uh, oh, that was just, you know, you couldn't have a bigger dream. But uh, now with the scrutiny involved, I, it's certainly not the desired position it probably was in some ways. Do you think, does it make a difference, Crash, that this incident occurred before Tim Payne was captain? Yes. Yeah, I, I think it does. To, to a degree, it does. It doesn't um, excuse the sort of cover-upping of, of everything, but it was he was still a test player at the time and it only predated it by a few months, but it did, I think after Cape Town, there was an absolute watershed moment for Australian cricket and for Payne himself where he realised that everything from that point had to be calculated and dignified and to a large extent it was. I felt he did a good job as a captain, so... It does. And even the debate goes on, Jared, about did Cricket Australia, and I'll be interested in your view on this, did Cricket Australia have to release the findings of its integrity department if he was found not guilty? Like, did they have to, did they have to release them publicly? I well, mean, it's an interesting question. Yeah, it? It, might have, it, it might have closed the open loop. Like, I, I, the risk assessment in having this as a ticking time bomb, I, I, I can't rationalise that. And particularly because the position kept changing, like we've had multiple chairs and multiple CEOs go through. How did nobody think, hey, we need to bring this to a head, either by our own hand or by gently having Tim um, pass the captaincy on? Like to, to get to, there were so many ways to avoid Friday. There were so many moments to, to pick an exit strategy and they were all missed. I, I find living with that ticking time bomb, I couldn't do it. No, no. I think, look, I spoke to a board member who was there when they were briefed about it. And he said there was just this moment for about 20 or 30 seconds where they all sort of looked at each other and no one really knew what to make of it. There was people in the room who were saying, so really, so sexting's quite big in modern society, is it? Oh, okay. And there was others who were, you know, mildly angry and others who were sort of head in their hands thinking, 
my gosh, what are we dealing with here? And I think that I'm not sure that I agree with you, Jared, about you say, oh, Tim Payne could have mildly left the captaincy. You don't sneak out of the Australian captaincy. There's always, you know, uh, the reasons always come out eventually if he had have suddenly exited stage left. So it was just a, it's an, it's, it was a, very difficult to handle situation. Yeah, a lot of threads. If you'd said to me, if you'd said to me, crash. If my circumstance was that on the last day I'm going to have to do that press conference, and that will live mm. with me for the rest of my days, I would have found an exit strategy beforehand. I probably would have done yep. it after the triumph of the Ashes and gone. That was the job I was asked to do. Uh, I have taken this as far as I can. I'm happy to continue on as the wicketkeeper if the team desires, if the selectors desire. But it's to, I was only ever a short-term captain because, yep. I, I mean, I, I read that with heartbreak yesterday as Tim correctly articulated how this is going to be his lot forevermore. And his grandkids are going to read about this. Like I, I think if that's the strat, that's a... That's a flawed strategy from everybody involved, from yeah. those who are counselling him to the, the the board of directors themselves, is if that was going to be how it resolved, if they didn't do something proactive, then they all made the wrong choices. Oh, exactly. But I think Tim felt in his heart of hearts it would never come out. Yeah, okay. And sportsmen by nature, Jared, are risk takers. I see it every day in, in every sport. They, they roll the dice. They take the risk. And also, you're talking about a really luxurious position. A kid who almost gave the game away and was going to work for a sports uh, goods company, and suddenly he got in the Australian team. You couldn't believe it. And then, guess what? He became Australian captain. I mean, and the other thing was, Jared, he was six weeks away from, sorry, two months away from safe ground. Yeah. At the end of the Ashes, Tim Payne was going to retire. So he fell eight weeks short of getting where he wanted to be. He rolled the dice for four years and it, it was it, his number came up for four years. He was fine. And then eight weeks short of where he wanted to be, disaster struck. But he, he I mean, he knew, you're quite right. Anyone who knew it was coming would, would immediately exit stage left if they felt they could sh- circumvent it. But he was nearly home free. We are singing Horn in the SA, <laughs> which is obviously a ripoff of born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. So, all right. We doing it? (laughs) Born down in Adelaide town. The first kick he got, he was best on ground. North just get beat too much. At least they got this kid just coming up. Horn in the SA. Horn in the SA. Horn in the SA. Horn in the SA. The dogs, they know they're getting Sam. The pies have Dacos in their hand. Rochelle Ward Hobbs, where they'll land. The Suns want it all. Max, their man. Horn in the SA. Horn in the SA. Horn in the SA's. Horn in the SA. Here we go. The Giants are set to nab Finn. 
Port and Brisbane looking at Josh in Bolter's Sliders Pick Swaps. Here's the facts. Let's just hope they've got their COVID facts. Horn in the essay. Horn in the essay. Horn in the essay. It's Horn in the essay. <laughs> yes, great job. I love it. Cal Toomey, Riley Beveridge, finding out where the young people are going in the uh, draft, of course, so on Wednesday and then Thursday. Jason Horn Francis, Horn in the SA. What did you make of that? Wasn't that good radio? And wasn't that a train wreck and a half? But hey, I like kids to have a crack. And speaking of Cal Toomey, he's done his phantom draft, and these guys are across everything. They eat, sleep, and breathe the draft. Going to go through his Phantom Draft top 30 for you. We're going to give the, away the first 10. So at, starting at number 30, he's got Richmond taking Jake Saligo. At 29, St Kilda will match Richmond's bid for Michito Owens. At 28, Connor McDonald will go to Carlton. At 27, Josh Fay, GWS, will match Carlton's bid. 26, Arlo Draper will go to Hawthorne. This is the Phantom Draft of Callan Toomey. At 25, Toby Conway, Geelong after doing live picks, trade with the Dogs. At 24, Campbell Chesser, the Cats. At 23, Mitch Nevitt, Hawthorne. 22, Jesse Motlop to North Melbourne. And at number 21, Josh Gota, the Gota Boater, will go down to the port of the Fremantle Football Club. Who will be 20 through 10? That's still to come. And the top 10, according to Riley Beveridge. Temper text. Really? Get this rubbish off, please. Thought it was a quality radio station. I lighten up. Lighten up. It's a bit of fun. Don't worry about the bad singing. It's two blokes who know their stuff having a bit of fun. Chillax, Australia. William Pike, the Wizard of the West. Five winners and another railway stakes. He will join us in the next hour. Go nowhere. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91